like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Brent Santi, and I just almost forgot the name of the podcast as I was doing that little intro. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, so I'm Heather, and also here today are Lisa Murphy. Hello. And Dan Hodgins. Hi there. And I'm super excited. We're gonna um, we're gonna talk about holiday crafts, crafts or crap, crap. both. <laughs> it's it's a spectrum. <laughs> so this won't actually come out until after, you know, December and the big holiday push. But I think that might actually be better because maybe people are less protective and defensive of their practice if they're the not smack in the middle of it yeah that's so, true because then honestly when we honor the timepiece of changing your mind it in, in theory it gives you now a whole year right to potentially reconsider it's at least process. the big one and uh maybe even before it all the madness begins anyway yeah yeah plus we got valentine's day coming up right with, which is really crappy really crappy it's the, it's the super <laughs> crap <laughs> Of holiday crafts. Um, okay, so anyway, now that they all know how we feel about it, <laughs> I'm going to give us a quote, and this is from the book Celebrate, an anti-bias guide to including holidays and early childhood programs, written by Julie Bisson. This is the second edition of, of her book that many people uh, probably already know. Um, so here's what we're going to say. Similarly, many early childhood educators work hard all year long to provide art activities that are process oriented. Yet many of these same teachers encourage children to paint red heart-shaped cutouts at Valentine's Day, to glue cotton balls on bunny shapes at Easter, or to make handprints on tie shapes for Father's Day presents. Um, all very relatable. Uh, so Dan, I think you just did a blog post about this. Yes. So I'm gonna yes. let you start us off on, on why we're talking about this. Well, and Heather, I, because I've talked with some people who are really, and Lisa, you probably strong-based, play-based people at holiday time, then they turn into these 
teacher crap stuff. And um, they're always using what I call the orchestra of excuses, um, which is parents wanted or the director requires it or licensing wants it. Um, and I'm thinking, well, then maybe we ought to do something about the people that they are blaming uh, <laughs> rather than take a look at um, continuing with, with the teacher crap. Do you find this to be a problem, Lisa, also in terms of being out Yeah, that kind of throwing stuff? throwing everything we know out the window and, and right. somehow allow ourselves to be inconsistent or perhaps hypoc hypocritical, like I'm allowed to do it because it's whatever time frame of the year. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I have a couple of thoughts with this because um, of course I'm 100% on the side of the fence, not only of stop with the holiday crap art, but let's even reconsider holidays in the first place, which is a whole other That's you know, con whole conversation. <laughs> That's the whole book, awesome. Yeah, right, so read yeah. that book. Yeah. Um, but I also know, and we all do, that um, people are at varying stages of becoming more play-based. And I would imagine that the, it might be quote unquote easier to shed some of the other things and like, this is the last layer of the onion, perhaps. Um, so that's that's one of my thought processes. This was like the last thing that they've not yet chosen to discard, um, probably for a lot more personal psychological reasons than we ever really stopped to think about. You know, I have my own loving memories of XYZ, so therefore I want children, I want to share what I, it's a good warm fuzzy for me. So I think mm -hmm. by facilitating this experience that I'm therefore ensuring that the kids are going to have the same experience, which, you know, isn't, isn't necessarily true. My, my concern though, is as always that it's just, it's reinforcing what we say we don't want. And, yes. and, and I would actually love a, a plot podcast of, of, of unpacking each of the pieces of that orchestra. Cause that, that's a, that's a book title, Dan, that you better sign some kind of a, a, a non-complete clause because that is a fantastic title um, of, of, of how do we unpack each and every one of those? Because I mean, and, and I think it could be a wonderful collaborative piece too, because we all have the, the lens of specialty, so to speak, that we bring. Like, I'm sure all three of us have stock responses to every single one of the pieces in the orchestra. So, I mean, you know, I, I think about my own growth, you know, and how I went from like that, that one first year and I've shared, I've shared that process, I think with somebody, tons of people, how that first year of teaching we did like ever, you know, we did, oh no, we did only Christmas because that's all I knew. Like it didn't even cross my mind. So it was all red, green, vomit, trees, Santa's candy canes. It was just horrible. And then the next year was when the anti-bias curriculum book first came on my yes. radar. I don't think it was a new book. I first learned about mm -hmm. it. And then I swung completely to the other end of the spectrum. And we did Kwanzaa, Christmas, St. Lucia Day. We did Hanukkah. I mean, it, it was solstice. We put a maypole and I mean, we did, if it existed, we celebrated it. And then it was after that, then I realized, oh my gosh, this needs to come back to center. And of course, not to have it be the Lisa memory show, but it was also during that time frame I first met, met Bev and started hearing the wisdom of you and, and Bev and Michael and Tom Hunter. And I'm like, okay. So I was able to find you know, a more doable center. So my <clears throat> parental compromise 
once a year was handprints. I would do mm -hmm. some kind of a handprint thing. Didn't call it art. It was 100% for the memory bank, a timeline <laughs> of your hand. Did I freeze? Cause you're looking at me funny. You did freeze, but go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Um, but, but as like the last few years of my teaching, like holiday time, I would put the colors in, like I would have green, red and white, maybe peppermint flavored scented paint and for the kids to do whatever they wanted. So then if the parents wanted to project their own oh, look, a Christmas picture, you know, uh, then they could, but it wasn't because, you know, and of course other co colors would be, you know, available, but that, that was like the compromise. Like I was okay with that. Well, yeah. and Christmas specifically, like I, I'm going to go backwards for a minute, back for a minute. So the whole idea that the parents want it, I have issues whenever that is the argument, um, <clears throat> not to disrespect parents, but when that's the argument for a practice that I, you know, that, that maybe should be changed because there's plenty of things parents want that we don't do because they don't fit our philosophy best or best practice or, um, so most often I think that that's just a comfortable way to say, I'm not ready to let go of it yet. Correct. Um, because there is that emotional attachment for so many of us. I'm a Christmas junkie. I don't do Christmas in my classrooms. Yeah. yeah. And right. the first year at, at the, the first Christmas at the, the program I'm in now, um, uh, I, I didn't, and I, I let all the families know, here's what's happening. Here's how I approach holidays and why. And most of them were overwhelmingly grateful not to have the added stress of any special holiday things. They understood, you know, they got things from their kids all the time that they had created. So they didn't, um, but, and, but one, one family who was Jewish, like emailed me a very long message and they were like, you have no idea what a relief it is to not have Christmas splattered everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that was powerful for me. I'd sort of already made the decision and I had already moved away from crafts, but, um, but just to sort of get that out there for people, that was one family. Um, you know, I also had another family that was upset and I was stealing her son's joy and <laughs> ruining his Christmas, but, but everybody else was like, okay, that's cool. I get, I understand your, your ideas and that's fine. I also, to add to that, I, I always like to point out that, you know, how many parents actually said to you, I want this this year, right? right? I think that's another veil that we, we hide behind, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, often that starts because in the infant room, we start sending crap home from day one. And so it's not that parents want it. It's that we've trained them in essence to start expecting it. Um, I don't think Pinterest assists nowadays. Um, I, I think it's in your face. It's, it's harder to get away from that perceived pressure of how cute import or how important, excuse me, cute is. Um, and, and I think that's a, it's a myth, but I think we keep cute up on that pedestal. And I think mm -hmm. it's time for that pedestal to come crumbling down. Um, I, I don't know why anybody would want to spend so much time on, on stuff, yeah. quite honestly. Here's, here's one of the things that I think causes people to go back to the teacher craft. And I'm, I'm referring back to Lisa, your spectrum of, of growth. Uh, I, I think what happens, especially for people who are just beginning to explore the play-based approach is the fact that they don't know what their role is during mm -hmm. 
play. Mm -hmm. um, and so therefore, it's easier to do the craft uh, because that's what I'm used to. And Heather, you mentioned the same thing. It's easier not to change uh, than it is to involve, it, than it is to blame somebody else, parents, mm -hmm. et cetera. But I do think that there, there still is a need for people to know what their role is during play. And if they don't see they have a role, then they fall back into um, the crap kind of yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's one thing. <clears throat> that boss used to say that people are under the spell of their family rules, their religious rules, their neighborhood rules. And it's really hard to break that spell. And I think what happens is that when uh, people are still under the spell, it's just easier to go back. I'm going to give an example. My mother used to say, don't put your elbows on the table. That was the rule that she had. I'm, I, don't, I don't understand that rule. And she's been dead more than 15 years. But when I'm in a restaurant and I'm talking with somebody, if I put my elbows on the table, I look to see if she's around looking at me. The spell is something very difficult yeah. to break. Um, and so I think part of it is looking at how do we help people uh, get rid of that spell. Mm -hmm. And to that, uh, and I'm, this is uh, just a thought that jumped in my head right now. When you first start teaching, okay, perhaps let's assume we don't, we don't know what we're doing, right? We don't know what's right. going on. Right. The holiday crap would be really easy to assimilate yes. quickly. So yes. you could probably argue that even though you're changing your mind, the stuff that locked and loaded on you first was all of the holiday stuff because it yeah. was easy and it was a time filler and, and it, it was proof that I'm good at my job because right. you know, I'm displaying stuff and stuff is going home. So you know, I could probably get behind that argument, right? Because what we know first, and I learned that from Bev, you always, you know, when you're tired, when you're exhausted, when you don't know what your role is, you're going to go back to what was familiar, even if you've changed your mind, you know, you'll, you'll occasionally find yourself sliding backwards. Um, I, I think the uh, perceived judgment is a reason why teachers might yeah. still do it. Um, you know, we think that they like it. Yeah. So that's, I was just thinking about, oh, go ahead, Dan. No, no. There's a whole market out there for teacher crap. Mm -hmm. And it, and like Lisa said, it makes it so easy to make it available because the market is fluctuated with all of this stuff that you can cut and paste and, and color and et cetera. Uh, it just makes it um, easier for it to fall back into. So I think it's maybe easier in terms of the materials are accessible or I don't have to think about what to plan during this time. But it's actually it, almost always, it seems to me, that these kind of holiday craft kind of things are more work for a teacher to actually get going. Like um, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons when I sent that email out to my families about uh, what, what my holiday practice tends to be. One of my main reasons was adults lose total focus on the children and they're so focused on getting all the pieces cut out or, um, supervising to make sure they're getting it right and making, trying to keep all the children together to do it all together. Um, that's actually a lot of work, but it, 
but then all the conversations about cuteness that's happening over over children's heads that all sort of I feel like has a really dehumanizing effect on the children or on the way we think about children and um, if we just had materials out and let them join or not join um, or uh, you know choose to do it do it at a different time than I had planned it's so much easier for us as as the adult in the room um, but there's that access accessibility and idea part that's easy easier on the craft side of it if that makes sense so I, well, I, I think it's hard needs. at the front end it, yeah and it, it removes the need for the adult to think yeah you know this is this is what we're making we're making wreaths we're making we're dreidel painting <laughs> you know I mean and 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 then you see <clears throat> even process oriented stuff being hijacked somehow by yeah. a, a quote-unquote play you know, mind mindset, right. but or just the things the adults are saying as the, it could be just red and green paint that we've put on the easel. And that's what they're doing in their, you know, their play, they choose that. But then the teacher talk becomes really holiday oriented. And um, it's like somebody the other day said they added peppermint to their play dough as an odor. And I'm thinking, all right, when's the last time a child asked for that? Yeah. I don't ever remember my 36 years. And if they did, I would say, well, how do we make that? What do we have to add? To, but I just can't imagine a child asking for peppermint yeah. Play-Doh. Yeah. I've, <laughs> but, I mean, I've put scents in Play-Doh, but not for holiday or for a specific right. lesson or something, just because to see what, you know, what happens differently with it. But um, see if anybody noticed. Right. And, found- and you're right. The kids would never ask for it. They, they wouldn't no but um but if you were in the habit of doing it right if that was something that you were doing on a regular basis it wasn't like we're adding peppermint because it's christmas time mm-hmm. or because it's december time but we're adding right. it because this has been something that we do on a regular basis right whatever mm-hmm. my thing with holiday and i'm kind of deviating a little bit from the craptivity thing but but i'm gonna say it anyway I felt not early in my teaching, but as I evolved and definitely midway and after that the holiday mindset outside in the community in general is so crazy Mm -hmm. that I consciously made sure that the classroom was where it was business as usual. Mm You know, okay. all the cookies and staying up till midnight and watching the special shows and grandma's in town, you know, and granted maybe this this past year, you know, with COVID, it maybe wasn't as frantic and hectic and maybe that's a good thing and that's its own other conversation. Yeah. But but I always found that holiday time, especially the December holidays and maybe maybe from November on, actually maybe Halloween on, everybody, it was just like this state of agitation and quite honestly, I didn't want to add to it. Um, and I, I didn't want one more novel thing. You know, this is where the kid knew what it was yeah. very predictable. It wasn't all crazy and jacked up. And right. it's that structure we think children need so much, but it's yeah. like the real kind of structure they need. Just that, that comfort, comfortable predictability of what's going to be happening. Exactly. Um, and, exactly. and what my place is in it. The other aspect of this too, which is which is another whole session too, but the whole <laughs> diversity issue yeah. is the fact that um, you know people will say, "But I celebrate all holidays," and I'm thinking, "How is that possible?" Yeah. Not. Uh, yeah. I printed <laughs> off a calendar one year, and there's like 115 
150 yeah. different holidays. <laughs> yeah. Celebrate the holidays you're, you know about maybe. Right. Exactly. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why I love, and, 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 you know, maybe we'll say it. We've, I mean, I, I know I implied it, but the, the, the breaking up with the holidays and uh, through Bev's teachings, I started celebrating the family traditions, you know? Yes. And so one, it was more balanced throughout the year. The families and the children adapted very quickly to that instead of the classrooms and the school looking like a freaking Hallmark factory all mm -hmm. the time. I think the holidays and the art associated with the, maybe what we see in a traditional typical, you know, I don't know, white centered American mm -hmm. calendar, um, mm -hmm. It, it, like your your program, if you look at every month, you could be driven by a Hallmark holiday every month, mm -hmm. which is totally yeah. to your point, Heather, taking your focus off the children, off the relationships, off the connection, because we're just in this hurry, 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 celebrate, 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 celebrate. And uh, again, like you said, we're complicit, completely missing. Yeah, missing I think point. picture day and holiday days. The oh, the day after Halloween, the, the, the adults completely Halloween. lose focus um, on the children and become obsessed with cuteness and talking to each other or their own plans or their own, you know, bulletin board, which, which is not um, uh, probably what anyone said in their interview to get the job. <laughs> like, I can't wait uh, to do, well, somebody probably said to do cute crafts, but um, just, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't wait to focus completely on myself on all the holidays. Um, you know, another challenge that has come up or that I, that occurred to me might be someone who's, um, buying into play-based or is sort of stepping their, their foot into it, stepping into the play-based philosophy. If they work in a center, there's chances are there's people around them who don't share that so it's that's right. another barrier yes. to getting past yes. the the crowd oh that's miss lisa's room she doesn't holidays. do holidays yes 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 um when i when i was working in a center a few years ago um i didn't do anything for mother's day like i told the moms you know uh happy mother's day or whatever but i didn't do anything with the kids they were one and uh <laughs> and so at the like early afternoon on the Friday before Mother's Day, the director came in and said, I hear you're not doing Mother's Day crafts, gifts. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I can tell you why, but she wasn't interested in why. She said that this grown up professional adult director person said, that is a big no, no. Really? And wow. she took children from my room to her office and made handprint flowers in a vase. Wow. The rest of the afternoon. Yeah. So uh, I'll, um, I'm not playing top that story, but I'm. No, let's play top that story. Because this is, this is exactly what, like Bev had always been like whispering in the ear, you know? Yeah. And then I had an experience where I had two girls in my class. I'll never forget it. Their mothers had died. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that was why we weren't doing mm -hmm. Mother's Day stuff. I yeah. called it like, you know, a special person thing because it was yeah. a school-wide tea or something stupid like that yeah and um one girl asked her grandma and the other one asked her dad and my director straight up said they aren't their mothers oh my god and i was <laughs> like this is the most ridiculous thing right i wow. ever heard oh my goodness and i was like i can't this is yeah. this is so not okay 
yeah. then another lady that another director who would walk in with our clipboard and it was always mother's day why mother's day like like that you know gets everybody all res up she had all the kids names on a roster and would come in and when she saw that that kid had completed the uh, approved mother's uh -huh. day project their name got ticked off like you know, oh, like mom, an expert. Yeah. Okay. So and she'd come in with her little glasses on the end of her nose and she's like, Let, let's see the Mother's Day gift status update. And oh my one, goodness. Just did oh, not God. want to do. I mean, I tell the story in the book and he did not want to do it. He yes. did not want to yeah. do it. And then two weeks later, we were still doing, we were doing that same thing again. And he's like, are these for our moms? And I'm like, they're for whoever you want them. To. And he made like 40 of them. You know, yeah. it was, it was crazy, but like all this, unnecessary yeah. energy spent on on i mean it's it's almost impossible to not talk about this without acknowledging the psychological piece of it yes. and i realize we're not For psychologists sure. but that that is a huge piece of that mm -hmm. yes yes well and, and then the whole idea of this gift giving is so opposite to what children's development is is mm -hmm. like giving you know making something to give to mom or making something to give to grandma and there's a uh, there was a school lately that where the children made things to take to a nursing home where they were three and four year olds and they didn't even know the people yeah at the nursing home yeah. talk about relationship building you know, the opposite. yes uh, of that so God. um the whole product uh is one issue but then let's give it to somebody else makes it even another yeah. issue of well what happened to the egocentric child yeah who, i i posted who doesn't really give anything anybody yeah. yeah yeah and we just talked about the egocentric child dan so this will be a good yeah. follow-up to yeah. that episode um <laughs> i i mean the the same center <clears throat> that freaked out about my no mother's day thing at Christmas time, sent out basically a sales order form to the families and said, here are the, the gifts we could make, pay for as many as you oh want your child God. to make, and we'll, we'll make sure they get done. And it was like a little gift sweatshop, like parents <laughs> would pay. Oh. There was like three levels of gift and the children actually kidding. No, are the, no, the, the parents no. paid the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did the children make them or did the adults pretend that the kids made them? Um, <laughs> the child sat there while the adult pretended. And now glue the, glue the berry onto the wreath. And told them right. what they were, you know, who they were doing it for. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, I think so, that takes the cake. So I win. Yeah. <laughs> but look at all the money we could make. No, right. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> that blood money. I, I compromised on Father's Day and asked each of the families what their child called uh, dad or grandpa or whoever they wanted the gift to be for. So if it was papa or daddy or, you know, there was a dad and there was a pa. Um, so I bought some canvases, you know, just like little craft canvases and use masking tape to spell out whatever the they called their dad and then just left that in the art center um you know and the kids you know basically just smeared paint around the canvas and then they could pull the tape off and that was a middle of the road for me because I didn't want to have the argument again but even that was like so 
you know, it's a lot of work on my part. Because, well, and yeah. also there was still a just, product in mind. If you just left Ugh. it there too, that means that some kid might've done my dad's <laughs> and you did somebody's. Yeah. Paws. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was something, but it got me off out of the conversation. It got you out of trouble. No, I, I, can <laughs> I can understand that sometimes. And, and maybe, you know, let's play devil's advocate. Maybe at the end of the day, a lot of our play-based people, if they're still in, okay, hold on, let me back up a little bit. Cause this is kind of like the theme conversation that we, that uh -huh. we have a lot too, is right. that if you're, if you're in a, a, a childcare center and there's 12 classrooms and you're the only one that has kind of come to the realization that a lot of what is expected of us in all departments in a childcare center is not play-based and is not developmentally appropriate. If you're the only one starting to shed and they're not pushing back and you're being quote unquote allowed to do that in your little private island, maybe maybe the, the cotton ball bunny is not the hill I'm gonna die on because it mm -hmm. lets me get away with 90% of the year being 100% play-based, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, could, I could see that, I could see that. You know, but then I also would, I would say that the next step to that would be one of those, like what you just said, Heather, one of those developmentally inappropriately as possible yeah. compromising. <laughs> right. So it's not really a holiday craft, but somebody yeah. could project holiday onto it. Um, Cause I, I think that is often um, a, a bigger struggle than maybe some of us realize. Um, I, I can speak for myself. I mean, cause I owned the family childcare. I owned mm. the center. You know, it was only when I was working for other people that I really had that kind of, you know, classroom A looks like this and classroom B looks mm -hmm. like that. You know, like we're sending so many mixed messages to the parents and the community at large about what good practice looks like. And the holiday time is no exception, yeah. unfortunately. I'm, I'm wondering too, is in going back to something I said earlier, that if they want to use the excuse that parents want it, mm -hmm. then maybe what we need to do is look at how do we help people in childcare uh, know what to say uh, and what to do yeah. uh, with parents. And I'll be real honest, that's been a lot on my part. I've, I haven't thought about um, how to help people develop. I mean, I've teacher teacher talk is something that we all do mm -hmm. but in terms of how to talk and help people feel confident uh, enough to be able to uh, talk about why they don't do something is something is is important for us to think about it is Dan, yeah. and that kind of goes back to the point that i don't know if i just made um i thought <laughs> i made it in my head um of that if you don't have the the administrative support if the owners don't got yes. your back if the yes. directors don't got your back i think you know, if, if the if the management made a decision that starting effective right. 2021, we're gonna start slowly breaking up with holidays, especially holiday crap. Here are some alternative things to do, right? We're gonna right. handhold you for a little bit. We're gonna be your front line, right? We're gonna be the front line interfacing with, with some of the parents who might have a little bit of pushback. We still want you to practice, but here's the party line, right? Here's the, here's the company's sure. stance on it. It gets, so much harder if you're the only one, if my room is the exception, because then it also, I don't know, people are going to question that, you know, how come you're yeah. not doing it? You know, that group think mentality, and I'm not saying that's healthy, but you know, right. you are the anomaly there. And, yeah. and, you know, if, if the group 
if, if the whole group is not going to change, to me, that becomes the indicator if this is something really you believe in, that it's time to start, you know, exploring what our other, what our other options um, might be. I also know, and let me toss this in, please, because um, I'm going to anyway, even you said no, but the, the law of thirds argument, I like to toss out um, in regard to showing that changing your mind is manageable, right? So for the sake mm -hmm. of numbers, if let's say we've got a hundred families and you start breaking up with holidays and holiday art, um, only a third of the parents are gonna come in and say something. You know, they're yes. only a third are even gonna notice. Um, mm -hmm. Another third might notice eventually. Um, and then the other third aren't even gonna notice at all. And so then of the third that actually notice that you're not sending home all of that crap, this is where I like to say, look how manageable it gets. Of the third that notice, only a third of that third is actually gonna say something to you. Uh -huh. You know, yes. the middle third of that third might say something eventually, and a third of the third of the people who actually notice aren't gonna bother yeah. saying it at all. You are not gonna have 100 families barreling in the school being all like, you know, where's my, I, I don't even know what to, to yeah. say. I, I, where's my my cotton ball bunny? They're yeah. not gonna do it. It's right. gonna sit in their cubby because <laughs> we all know nothing right. goes home from that cubby. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're gonna say to somebody down the hall, "I'm really disappointed that Heather didn't do Christmas ornaments with my kid." And the teacher down the hall is gonna say, "Well, Heather's a little different, but you, your kid will be in my room next year, and we'll do all that stuff." <laughs> yeah. Right. If experience, yeah, it's, it's very serves. manageable. It's <laughs> you know, and then maybe once all your colleagues start to see that you're the only one not stressing, you're the only one not spending four yeah. hours every night watching Netflix, cutting out all that crap. Yeah, you're actually sleeping instead yeah. of crafting. Yeah, right. One of the very first groups I worked with was 24 two-year-olds and four adults, um, in a giant church room. Yeah, and uh. The, the lead teacher wanted to do the apples and the cloves oh yeah thing but she wanted the cloves and a smiley face <laughs> and the two-year-olds of course did not they care. were eating the cloves they were yeah and just poking <laughs> them in wherever and breaking them um so the four of us sat at nap time and remade everybody's apple and clove craft oh my god <laughs> and i was 20 and didn't know there was another way <laughs> we've all been there yeah We've all been well, And I and, think part of it is, is reflective of this, Heather, too, because every year there are thousands of new teachers. Yeah. I mean, I'm amazed at when I do a presentation, how many new people right. are in the audience. 40% turnover those, rate. <laughs> yeah. You know, and some of those are individuals that um, really haven't had um, experience base uh, other than what they had as a uh -huh. child. So they're coming in yeah. with making lots of that stuff, right. um, but really thinking that it's okay yeah. uh, to and, do. And those memories are probably coming from elementary school Absolutely. and not actually early childhood, but we, that's, that's right. our, our 100%, base. 100%. So already, so uh, pushing aside for a minute, just the inappropriateness of it as just too much holiday crap, it's probably a, an, a craft designed for a six, seven or an eight year old that yeah. now we're just pushing down because yeah. that's the only thing in our memory bank, the only thing in our, mm -hmm. in our tool belt, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. We interrupted Dan. He was on a roll there. 
Well, and, and, I, and I don't know what the role is now. <laughs> Heard a new one. But I, I, I think that the idea, again, that um, I don't know what else to do. So therefore, I'm going to fall back uh, and use what I experienced in elementary school, like you had mentioned, uh, Heather. And I think part of that stays, again, that spell stays with them. Um, and they do what um, they experienced. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I think part of it is looking at how do we help those people who are under the spell move from that into, um, well, maybe I can try just putting cotton balls out. Um, and I, I'm not defending it, but I'd be even okay with pink paper and cotton balls out. Right. Uh, I mean, it's a beginning. It's a uh, step. Yeah. yeah. I had to slap myself several times because that would be hard for me to do, yeah. <laughs> to allow pink paper and cotton balls only. Um, but when you think about it, that's a beginning step for some people in terms of change. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. and the, the other piece too is um, parents, parents aren't stupid. Parents Correct. know their children. And so yes. if all these identical pink cut out um, cotton ball bunnies go home, there's a couple of parents who are like, uh, my kid didn't do yeah. this, right? Like, right. like, like sap it, <laughs> yeah. which is sometimes why it stays in the cubby because that parent knows know that it typically yes. doesn't do any of the art anyway. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just don't have cotton balls in any of my classrooms because I can't stand to touch them or see other people touch them. Oh, for reals? This is a or thing? Or hear anybody oh. touch them. Yes, ooh, I can hear ooh, it. Even auditory. Ooh, this is a revelation. Mm -hmm. No wonder yeah. you don't do regular even, polish. No, yes, I and I peel this hair. off. I don't even take it off with um, nail right. polish remover. Anyway, um, yes, I yes, cotton is bad. How interesting. How did you discover that? I'm sorry, I'm curious. Um, pulling cotton out of a medicine. Oh, like bottle. a uh -huh, oh, like a prescription. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't handle it. And one year, one of my college friends, when the first time oh. I was in college, just gave me a box full of cotton balls for Christmas. That was not nice. No, it wasn't. Oh yeah. Wow. I'm I making gave a him note. a stern look. Do not send me cotton. Do not accidentally use as filler in gift. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, up as um, <laughs> yeah, so there's another reason not to do holiday craftivities. <laughs> cotton is gross. You, you don't know what, what uh, other issues you might be activating. <laughs> right. Undisclosed issues of your co-teacher that you had no idea. But I could see that. I could see that like foil. Like people like, you know, making foil covered egg cartons, right? We used to turn those into bells when, you know. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. You cut out the egg cartons. Yeah. yeah. And make them into Christmas tree ornaments. You know, foil could have that. Yeah. Styrofoam could have that. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Styrofoam is slightly more acceptable than plastic or than cotton, but not, not by much. Uh, so uh, do we have other craptivity stories we want to share? I, I was tips for people back. who are listening to this and thinking, okay, well, what now? Um, I'm going to re reiterate what Dan said, because I think Dan and I both shared similar examples. What's a baby step? What, what part yes. of, what part of the holiday can I say yes to without compromising uh, my uh, 
self-professed play philosophy and develop being developmentally appropriate. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what's that baby step? What's it look like? Um, realizing that you might not get, you know, there, there's always more steps to be taken. Yeah. But I think reality, I mean, un unless some kind of top down mandate came down that nobody in the building is allowed to do holidays anymore. I think the, the evolution of breaking up with holiday and holiday crap activities is going to be very individual um, based on the classroom. And let's be honest, based on the relationship between probably the teacher and the co-teacher, because, yes. you know, that's another dynamic, right? When teacher A is like hard and fast, not willing to let go. And teacher B is like, come on, let's, let's take a baby step. But you're not going to wake yeah. up and just be like okay with it um, overnight. I don't think, you know. Right. I and mean, I'm thinking like at the ESO, rather than having quote a Christmas tree cutout, mm -hmm. if they went to just using green and red paint, I would probably be more comfortable with that mm -hmm. uh, than the pre-cut uh, tree. And again, it's a movement towards. Right. And I think that's what you know Lisa said is is the fact that. It's that moving towards, um, and, I, and I worry that sometimes the moving forward gets stopped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for some reason. And it could be because someone is saying, uh, you can't do any of this any mm -hmm. longer. I'm really wondering whether or not that actually stops a person from moving forward sometimes. Because what are the, how do I get to this no holiday? approach do i just not do anything yeah. then it's almost it, like it, weaning you're like that, that zone, that zone of proximal yes. development but for grown-ups yeah. <laughs> right yeah 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 and i think that's part of the the moving forward that we need to think about in terms of how to help people move yeah. in that direction well i think it goes back also to the acknowledgement of 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 identifying your values because yes. that helps keep your practice and your behavior in line with them. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that the, if you're out there saying you are a play-based child-centered program, except in December, right. you, you know, are you yeah. really then, are, are you really allowed to be so self-professed play-based? Right. I mean, so, are, can, so maybe before you make any changes in your classroom or your home in your practice, um, you need to sort of maybe even just write out why, yeah, why, in? why do you think you need to make this change? Um, what's your, what's your own rationale and value behind it rather than just trying to jump in. And maybe then when it doesn't work the first couple times, or you get a little pushback from someone, you fall back on those words that you decided on in and, the beginning. And yes, yes, 100%. I always want people to take yes. the initiative of being able to articulate what they believe in and don't reinvent the wheel. If that mm -hmm. freaks you out and overwhelms you, go back to the five conditions of play as identified by Peter Gray. Mm -hmm. It's freely right. chosen. You can quit you and you're done. Right yeah. there, right there. Yes. Right. Is to weed out all of that mandatory, oh, but it's December, oh, freely mm -hmm. chosen, and I can quit when I'm done. Yeah. Okay, yes. so maybe the first baby step is that it's not mandatory this year, that, that we're still going to do it, but we're not going to walk around with that roster on the clipboard. Right. Mm -hmm. Where's Dan's reindeer, right. you know? <laughs> but that's a step. That's a, that's a step that's going to keep you in line with your self-professed philosophical position uh -huh. right yes. and then just work your way through the five yeah 
there. There. there I, I helped you with cheat on your homework, everybody who's Perfect. listening. Who is going to accept Heather's <laughs> challenge? <laughs> How about you, Dan? You have a closing thought, or did you do yours before Lisa and I just forgot? I think I did mine before, but okay. <laughs> I think part of it is looking at, um, and again, the why I'm doing what mm -hmm. it is that I'm doing. And then that whole evaluation of, have I observed children to know what their interests are even during any mm -hmm. holiday uh, period? Yeah. Um, and then making sure that I provide those opportunities to enhance and support what children seem to want and need rather than necessarily what the adult feels is necessary. And that's a practice that we use across the board. Mm -hmm. Right. Not it's just not just holiday time, but it's across the board. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and even for programs that continue to do, do quote unquote holidays, um, I think there's still room for reflection of am right. I am I doing to children my definition, my version of this holiday? Have I taken into consideration what this holiday looks like in everybody's homes? Mm -hmm. um, am yes. I assuming? That this holiday is happening in everybody's homes you know i mean i think there's room for that reflection too. yeah and i i think actually that's like a whole other conversation i want to have when i'm done with this book the the uh the anti-bias piece of it because you know yeah. we really we've mentioned it a couple places yes. in this conversation um but this was you know really mostly about the crafts and um you know i'm still really learning and evolving in my own uh ideas of how holiday stuff fits in with that anti-bias and um, so anyway, and that's why, that's why I think the, the celebrating of the family traditions, Absolutely. it was just, it was I, a I, nice, easy, yes. Yes. horizontal move. Yeah. It's right. not that we're not doing holidays anymore. It's that we are celebrating the unique characteristics of the families who yeah. partake in this program yeah. with, with their collaboration. Like it's not us saying, here's what we think your holiday looks like. Right. Here are these uh, five We're acceptable family hour. that we will be allowed <laughs> to, to be bringing in this year. Send $5 if you'd like your tradition to be reflected. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. We make so much money. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So we definitely need to revisit um, that other perspective of this at some point, but this was great. Thank you. I always love talking Thank to you. you too. Oh, I love um, being on your show. Oh, good. Yay. And it's always <laughs> nice to see Dan. Yeah, right? Pleasure. Yes. I, if I'm being honest, I still, every time I'm like, really, Dan Hodgins is going to be on my show? Oh. <laughs> there was a time that I was like afraid to ask you, Dan, to be honest. Oh, no, Heather. <laughs> so thank you both. I mean, I did that with Lisa too, but I'm over that now. We've been yeah. right enough. Yeah, she's seen me without makeup into my pajamas. So it's right. we reached that point in the relationship. Well, I've seen Dan without makeup. So right. <laughs> <I'm bumped. laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, thanks guys. And thanks for listening everybody come back again next week for another episode goodbye bye 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 and that's the show now go get your nerd on this has been an explorations early learning upstairs studio production oh